Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is the Driver's Seat Podcast, where we chat all things manifestation, self-improvement, limiting beliefs, as well as motherhood and pregnancy. I meet with exciting and informative guests to provide you with tools to help you ensure that you're sitting in the driver's seat of your own life. So if you're looking for ways to make change and take control of your life, or maybe you just need a safe space where you can feel validated, look no further. You've found the right spot. Welcome to the driver's seat. I'm so excited to introduce you to my first ever guest, Babalwa Mabona, better known as Babs. Babs is South African born and currently resides in Johannesburg. Not only is she breathtakingly beautiful, but she's also extremely intelligent. During her undergraduate degree, she triple majored in corporate finance, insurance and risk management, as well as marketing. She went on to complete a postgraduate degree in business finance. She's recently landed her dream role as a strategy analyst. She's also a certified personal trainer and sports nutritionist. Her passion for health and wellness inspired her to create the Fifth Scene Wellness Club, a community based on YouTube where she shares her learnings with the world in an effort to help others understand holistic wellness and healing your soul and body. I know, she's superhuman, but I'm a little biased. I've known Babs since she was about 14 years old. Clearly, whatever she's been doing in her life seems to be working, and I wanted to find out how she does it all. I chat to Babs about her view on holistic wellness, how she stays grounded, how she stays motivated. We chat about her experience with Reiki healing, hypnotherapy, and we chat about her healthy habits. After our conversation, I felt so ready to kick all my unhealthy habits to the curb, and I felt empowered to dive deeper into my own soul healing journey. I hope that you find this chat just as inspiring. Here's Babs. Hi Babs, it's so nice to see you. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. This is so exciting. My first podcast interview. Yes, my Um, first guest. I'm so glad it's (laughs) Let's jump into some quick fire questions. So they're just like whatever comes to your head first, you let me know what you think. Okay. So do you prefer a night in or a night out? Uh, It depends. You know, some days you do want to show up and look great. So I think in between, but mostly a night in, definitely. Do you prefer reading or listening to a podcast? Definitely reading, but the, I got introduced to Audible, Great which is app. like listening to your books being read to you. That would be it. Vacation or staycation? Staycation with the bay. <laughs> oh, if we- I have a bay. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I don't know. Staycation. I mean, you, you can do Airbnbs anywhere, which could basically be a staycation these days. Exactly. Um, yeah. So staycation. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Be honest. I mean, <laughs> if I'm... <laughs> I think the only reason why I'd be rich would be in, because I'm famous in some or known in some way, but rich in in sense of health and wellness. Oh, like sure. Um, but that's a hard one. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I could totally see myself on a billboard. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, if anybody comes to talk to me today, I'm like not coping, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a hard one. Okay, I mean, well, define. Rich. <laughs> yeah, just as long as we're rich, it's fine. Are you an 
uh, early riser or a night owl? Oh, I'm definitely a night owl, but I'm trying to switch roles. Coffee or tea? Way up the tea lane. Hooray! <laughs> I, I did not have you pegged as a tea girl. I cut down on the coffee, I think, because also I wasn't having any exciting coffee, like a cappuccino or anything. It was only just like an espresso. Okay. And the past two weeks, I've literally just been having green tea. And I was like, I actually don't need coffee. Um, so green tea and yeah, and you can have a good matcha. Do you like to plan it out or are you winging it? I feel triggered by that. <laughs> I definitely need to learn how to plan it out. And I think that would be very weird considering that I'm such a detailed person. But some part of me does like winging it. It's a bit exciting, isn't it? Like, oh my gosh, am I going to cope with this level of stress that I've brought on to myself? I I plan it in my head, but I I just don't get down to writing it. So that's only shit about it. So I wouldn't exactly call myself a planner because of that. I tend to put a lot of things in my head and then I wing it according to what I've planned. Okay, so you've got a free second in the day. Are you going to watch Netflix or are you going to squeeze in? workout I'm working out thank you to working from home I'm that's what I do if if it's a lunch break I go for a quick run I have 45 minutes until my next meeting or until I need to sit down again so while you're on the run you're also just like pacing it up because you know you need to get back but you also need to get in the workout but definitely I'm out I'm running do you prefer a phone call or a text none (laughs) (laughs) everyone leave me the like just leave me I get stressed out and I'm like I can't deal with this now but I think definitely a phone call I'm so bad on text definitely uh, a phone call I could just never let me relate know that more to me. anything in my whole life <laughs> telling you right now like that like if it's a phone call or a text like I just have this second of like anxiety where I'm like can't I literally can't answer this person but if I had to pick I'd probably choose a phone call because if you text me you're going to be waiting like at least a good few hours before I get back to you if not day I'm the, week. I'm the I'm, same it's really but I'm like at least let me know that you're calling <laughs> so. yeah hey I'm gonna call you this time next week just figure it out but let me know that you (laughs) I love that um are you a glass half full or glass half empty kind of girl I mean glass full yes love it yeah did you say glass half empty or glass half? yeah because I mean if you feel like you are a bit of a maybe not so optimistic person like that's okay too Mm, it's definitely glass half full but I always just believe that um I can't show up for anyone if I haven't kind of filled up my cup so you'd really find it that I will entertain spaces or get with people with a glass half empty that's just kind of mix well with those kinds of peeps yeah it's it's either I'm all in or I'm not but I'm also I need to be flowing from a space that's filled up with me in some way or another not in any like egotistical way it's let it flow from a space where I have capacity to just be there for that reason and our last fire question are you in the passenger seat or are you in the driver's seat I am freaking in the driver's seat no <laughs> <laughs> love it and I'm very much in good I, I, I'm very adamant about it good it's quite intense like you make that decision every day yeah and I'm very ruthless to myself (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so let's jump into the juicy stuff. I'm so excited to talk to you about so many things. Like, it's just all over in my head. I just can't even cope with the amount of information I need to receive from you because I just know how much you have to share. So the first thing I wanted to touch on is, obviously, you are a very busy girl. You're highly, highly motivated. Anybody that knows you or follows you on social media can tell that. I think you've got a good balance down, but also I look at you and I'm like, she's working. She's working out. She's got her friends. She's celebrating like a fantastic birthday party she looks hot all the time and I just look at you I'm like how how do you operate at this level so share with me how do you stay motivated geez that's a a hard question uh, because I always believe that we are not necessarily always motivated I think it just boils down to just choosing to show up every single day and being conscious of that how I stay motivated I think also just I prioritize my health and I prioritize being very conscious in spaces so I really like to be aware and very present in everything that I do so I think that's just how it it all goes down and I can't do anything unless I have a good grounding and I and I like to ground myself through training and health and reading so if that's all set in stone everything else is just a manifestation of what I've actually worked and prioritized internally so I really just show up and I choose to show up so if you see me posting a picture at a gym or at a party just know that I chose to show up for that and in any case we only just show all our Our moments, um, we don't necessarily, yeah, so we don't necessarily have capacity to show all the lows. I'm the type of person to kind of want, like I want to work through the lows so I can come out, yes, in the high, but also teach people of like ways in which they can tackle the lows. And what would you say is your way of tackling the lows? Like you're having a hard day, like what is your go-to thing? What do you do first? If I'm having a hard day, I'm telling people around me that I need time to myself. I think it's always great to communicate. I learned that a lot. Just communicate to the people around you who are affected by your moods often and say, listen, this is what's happening and I, I need time to myself, right? That that would be my naturally the first step. Then the second t- step is switching off my phone <laughs> and giving myself time to think. I think a lot of our lows are masqueraded or made colorful by all the anxiety and all the things that stress us out. So by giving yourself time and space to just think, it will also allow you to digest everything that you kind of don't understand and you're freaking out about. And so, yeah, and then I'll meditate. Um, Sometimes I'll take a hot bath. I take cold showers. So (laughs) that's the only. (laughs) What is that like? Because I've heard this is like a, not a new thing. I think people have been doing it for centuries, but in terms of like, I've only recently heard about this thing where like people, even if you have like a warm shower in the beginning, apparently the last like 30 seconds at least should be like icy cold. So this is something you do? Yeah, so that's what you are supposed to do. Uh, It's called the Wim Hof method. So when he teaches you, he'll say, okay, shower in your warm or hot water. And then you transition into maybe 30 seconds of cold water, one minute of cold water afterwards. But I was like, listen, YOLO. So (laughs) I just go straight in. And I had a hard time actually taking a hot bath. I think I only started a month ago. So I've been doing cold showers since November last year. 
Like what, what was the, what the thought process behind that decision? Mm, I wanted to make myself uncomfortable. Oh. I was, I felt like I was too comfortable and that was, I was trying to find ways in my everyday life to make me uncomfortable. And obviously there are a lot of health reasons to it that I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think that's why I'm still attached to it because I'm still trying to reap the benefits of it. So yeah, I haven't stopped. <laughs> I've just been doing it. I don't know if I could start my day with an icy cold shower you know like wow that's a commitment for me Yeah, it, it's a lot, trust me. As I was mentioning, so meditation, time to myself, and yeah, just reading and just grounding myself and reminding myself of the reason why I wake up and I do the things that I do. I think that's also just a great reminder to align you and get you back on path, you know. Are you into yeah? reading and stuff like that? Am I into reading? Journaling. Journaling, no. <laughs> oh, I, I know. thought that would be like part of your process. It's weird. Um, I, I want to get into it. I think I should. Sometimes I'll record myself saying stuff. Kind of the same thing. And yeah, put a, a non-cap to it and let myself express myself freely. And you know, now on your iPhones, the notes, you can record yourself and it just types for you. Mm. Yeah, so that's also something that I kind of do. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, same thing. Technology is okay. making us lazy. Okay, so you've described your job as a strategy consultant as your dream job what exactly is that because I have no idea and then also how do you balance that with your love for health and fitness it's been two months in in the role and it's just basically being a strategy consultant is assisting companies restructure or remodel a business model and help them strategize for whatever that being their business need or business goal um so let's just say you want to switch up the way your podcast is being delivered or, or who receives it and call on a strategy consultant to help you figure that out look at insights in the market what's happening if you want to pivot in a certain direction, they would assist you in developing that plan and structure for you to do so and giving you insights on what the trajectory will be when wow. you do take that step. Yeah. So where I'm at now, I focus specifically on payment transformations. So that would be the payments part of your strategy. If you want to monetize your podcasts, what sort of ways would you maybe want to do so looking at where the market is going and looking at where the world is going how can you reap more or gain more revenue uh, from what you're doing so I would then be that person to do to do that so it's, it's pretty exciting very grown up you know like that's a big girl job <laughs> I know I know I know it's so good for you I'm so glad that you feel like it's your dream role like that's all you can wish for a friend isn't it like that they are living their dream yeah so it, it took a while for me to get there um, but I also felt like I needed to work on a few things so my character and just overall you know being in order for me to be, be able to step into the role so it's pretty exciting and obviously I wanted to gain certain skills and talents from 
from this specific role for me to go on and do my own thing. And I think more of the big picture is within health and wellness. So how I balance it is uh, I keep up to date with my own health and prioritize that. And also I have weekends to myself. So a lot of the work that I do is research-based. So I kind of balance it out and, and figure out how else I can also build what I want to build at the end of it. So I, I try to find a good balance. Um, I'm still working on my routine. And that's why I said to you, now I have to kind of switch to being a morning person because I think once I leave everything for late in the afternoon and my day goes on a tangent, it makes it hard for me to keep up with the goals, personal goals that I've set for myself, that being training or going to CrossFit, going for a run, or maybe reading something up on wellness and stuff like that. So it pushes me to create space in the morning before I transition into my day job that's how I'm managing it now <laughs> uh, but yeah it's, it's definitely been a lot um, it's not all rosy and I think it's also going to you know switch up and change uh, the more comfortable I get in the role but I mean ultimately yeah. I feel like you kind of have two jobs isn't it like two separate career paths essentially um I, know I think I in conjunction but you've got like yeah. your health and wellness journey which is like a lot of people are invested in that for you. And then you have your strategy consultant job. Yeah, not a lot of people. <laughs> I think people think I don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Um, I was like, I thought that you did like the health and wellness stuff like full time. That's it, you know? So yeah, I mean, I think that's what the, like the world is perceiving. You're giving it 100%. So essentially like that's another job in itself. It's it's alignment. <laughs> I think it, um, it's also because I choose to continue to stay aligned in that avenue, especially when it comes to Instagram and building that part of me. It is the bigger picture. So you want to stay consistent in that while also using the skills of your day job to propel you to your bigger goal because the bigger goal is that everything requires wellness even in you know consulting even in companies in business the wellness of your company doesn't have to be necessarily predicated on a health base or health foundation specifically but everything requires you to find that wellness model to it how you keep it well how you keep it consistent how you keep it going so it essentially it all goes in but I think it's just switching up the lenses in which you look at it so then in terms of like obviously I've known you for a very long time I feel like fitness and health has always been part of your life but obviously more recently it's become quite central to your world what situation pushed you to focus more on your health and wellness do you want the long story or the short story <laughs> whatever you're comfortable with sharing whatever you're comfortable with sharing it's transitioned I think as you knew uh, growing up in, in high school all I did was sport and I focused on water polo and hockey and that was my main you know sport and main goal and main everything in high school and then I think when I got to varsity I then wanted to focus more on my academic and so I let that side go in a sense so I wasn't competing I wasn't doing any sport and I realized then uh, my eating wasn't so great during high school all I was doing was training it kind of offset that bad eating habits that I had because I remember 
remember we used to go for training sessions and then after that we would go for McFlurries, you know, like who does that? <laughs> does that even make sense? Um, but when I, I stopped training as much as I, I was um, in high school, then I realized that my body was just not coping with my eating habits because I wasn't training as much. I didn't have essentially that goal that I had while I, I was in high school. So I focused then on my fitness and started learning more about my fitness and learning more about health. And then I then decided to get into modeling and I was doing swimsuit and lingerie. And a lot of the focus then was on my body. So I think I then prioritized getting that well and making sure that I was always looking good. So it then shifted from being a sporting basis and then it became to, I need to look good. So that was then the motivation. After that, and I started working and I stopped modeling, left the agency that I was with. And my focus then on was on my professional career and building that. So I didn't have that time. And then also at that time, I had been in a long-term relationship while I was in varsity and that ended, but it, you know, it didn't end in a great way where my health was still intact. I think it uh, revealed a lot of things about myself emotionally, mentally. Um, it was one of those relationships. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was one of those. And I remember the last year of varsity, I was diagnosed with chronic anxiety. A lot of my emotional capacity was unstable and I had lost a lot of weight because of it. I was training a lot, but I wasn't necessarily taking care of myself. And then when I got into my first year of working and that relationship had ended, I was on a high. I was training a, a very known lady in South Africa and I was getting a lot of attention for that. So I didn't necessarily take the time to just take care of myself. Uh, everyone goes on that relationship high. Mine just took a, a, a crazy turn. And I think I was at the height of it and I was getting a lot of requests to train people. And I'm also much of a principal person. So I didn't have any certification in personal training. All I knew was how to train myself. And then I also just felt like my own growth was uh, stunted. I was training a lot, but my body was reacting the opposite way. And I've always watched the shows where people try to lose weight and they can't lose weight. And then they tell them that they need to go for therapy. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> type yeah. of thing because I'm like I you can train and you can eat well and you'll lose weight right until it happened to me and so I then decided to take a break from everything I took literally took a break from everything the modeling the influencer work quote unquote that was that I was doing just I, I took a break from being in the in the light if that makes sense it's crazy and how, like, I, sometimes we just put ourselves into this denial stage like after something kind of traumatic happens and we think we're killing it and then you just hit a wall like it's yeah. so natural like it's undeniable at some point you will hit a wall and it's so crazy how we just don't take that time immediately like straight after the trauma happens we're kind of like let me take time for myself it's like no I must distract myself and push myself harder in different areas of my life yeah and like you say eventually your body will say like no sorry honey. no you need to sort out these emotions in order to continue yeah and I I grew up always suppressing my emotions. So that was my way of coping, right? So all of that was happening. And at that time, I was starting to become aware of myself um, or aware of my existence and, you know, feeling into my body, 
right? And knowing my cues. And I was watching a lot of, you know, athletes also or successful people. That, and they always used to say that you need to have a good grounding or you need to be in a, in a state to be able to carry your success. Because once you assume success quickly, chances are you'll have a, a huge breakdown later on in your life because you didn't necessarily take the time to build your structure, to build your foundation. So a lot of that was playing in my head and obviously getting sick myself. So as I said, I took that decision and I focused on myself. I removed myself from the life, quote unquote, so I could attend to myself. At that time, I was just like, okay, I know I need to go speak to someone and, you know, get all this energy or pent up energy in my body flowing. So I was looking around and trying to figure out what to do and traditional therapy wasn't my thing. I was just like, I'm very selective and I know myself. I'm going to sit across someone. I'm going to choose what I want to tell that person. And I wanted someone to really just look into my internal functioning. I wanted someone to look at my soul because I felt so out of alignment to who Babs was internally because I knew Babs externally. Everyone knew Babs externally, but then I was just like, the whole reason why I'm here is to be a manifestation of who I am internally. I need to make sure that I know that person and I align to that person externally. Do you feel like the babs that you were giving off is a different babs that you felt on the inside? Not necessarily. I think it was just a, a babs that was flowing with what the the outside world was feeding off of her. Yeah, like uh, I think, yeah. So it's like if I'm seeing you being a success with your podcast, I'm going to feed that. And you can then, if that's what you want to do, you can ride with that. You can ride the way. That might not necessarily be a manifestation or a clear indication of who Sarah is internally. So I wanted to make sure that whatever I was projecting externally was a, a, a clear view of who I was internally. And it was something that I knew was authentic and very natural to who I was, what my soul was here to do. Okay. So then I wouldn't necessarily worry what people were feeding off of me because I knew it was the truest form of Babs. I did I don't want to second guess or doubt all of that, right? So you I was like, I need so to be just... aligned with yourself. I'm so yeah. knowing of who you are that there was no like doubt ever in your mind if you're yeah. doing this for other people's expectation or if you're doing this because it's something you really love and it flows yeah. through your soul. Yeah. So that was the thing. And at the end of that relationship, I felt like I didn't know myself. So that was also just like something that was then building up to that point. And then I found out that there was something called Reiki and I went to Reiki healing and it changed my freaking life and I am such a believer of Reiki healing I'm such a believer of energy healing and now I currently do hypnotherapy and I'm just obsessed and I'm my biggest fan I know myself well <laughs> I mean I'm going to change to grow but at this moment in time I am a true reflection of who I am internally because I am so conscious and I'm so aware. I always speak to Babs and I'm always making sure that I am doing things that are good to me or good for me or are part of the reason why I was called to come to this lifetime, right? Or the reason why I chose to come again to this lifetime, whether you believe in reincarnation or not, but I believe in soul journeys and I am a standing affirmation of my soul's journey in this lifetime at this moment because I'm going to evolve and I'm going to learn more things.
things about it. I literally can't agree <laughs> with what you're saying. It's so true. Yeah. So wait, let's just take a second. For anybody listening that has never experienced Reiki or doesn't know what it is, can you explain to us exactly how it works? Okay, so a Reiki is basically a non-physical touch form of healing. So what the healer does is that they use themselves as a medium, uh, basically the middle, the middleman, right, between God, the universe, whoever you may believe. So the energy that flows through that is then fed through the healer, and it then comes through to your body or manifests on your on your energy field, right? So it flows through their hands. My first session, I lay I lay on the bed and the the healer was able to read my soul was able to figure out where the blockages were in my body and I could feel as she was going through my whole body I could feel where the blockages were because there was so much tension It, it it was insane I can't even describe it like a lot of the healers then will have added gifts to them which makes the practice even more meaningful your body naturally has energy sometimes you just need someone to direct it to where it needs to flow or direct to where it needs to release certain pressure, relieve pressure in your body. I'm a huge fan as well of Reiki, but I will say I've not ever tried hypnotherapy. So walk us through <laughs> that. It's something I've always been interested in, but like I've never taken the leap into going into it because I, I don't know, for me, I'm a little bit scared of somebody else. And this could be completely naive, but somebody else playing in my subconscious mind that I'm like not even there yet, you know? So tell me how that experience is for you. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but... Um, because um, I was me- meditating, there's something called self-hypnosis meditation. When you are in deep meditation, you are basically in self-hypnosis because it's it's a deep trance when you're in meditation. You yeah. learn as you progress, you learn how to block out the noise. The better you are at it, the more in tune you'll be in, in hearing your intuition or hearing yourself and tapping into your subconscious. So hypnotherapy basically aids you to do that. So I don't know if you have been hypnotize uh, for entertainment purposes I have so before I went I I had that basis but also I started then doing um, self-hypnosis meditations um, during the evening where I was using that to connect to spirit guides or using that to tap into my subconscious or open up my third eye um, chakra open up my sacral chakra you know all of those things as I was learning that from Reiki so then yeah I went to hypnotherapy and basically what it does is that because you have that one voice that you listen to, it allows you to then obviously block out everything else and focus on that one voice. It, hypnosis is basically hyper-focus on, on one specific thing because you just listen to that one voice. And the more that you listen to it, the more that you then become more focused and you can tap into parts of yourself that you don't necessarily tap into on everyday life because your mind is busy and there's so many things running through your head. Um, so a lot of it for me was understanding my soul's journey. So obviously they have a way of helping you navigate through that, but all of that is in your memory because you, you never lose it. I'm like so shook right now. (laughs) It's ingrained in you. So I wanted to 
understand my patterns. So why I did things or why I was gravitating to certain things in my life. And I was like, I need to understand why is that? Why is it that I feel so excited and enthusiastic when I speak about health and wellness? Like, where does that come from? You know? So I wanted to uncover all of that. And also I wanted to know my soul's journey. Like where, where did I come from? Like, or what did I do in my past life or in my previous journey? Um, I was listening to Oprah the one time and that's when I realized that our souls go through journeys and we have different stages. And I was like, in this stage or in this lifetime, I'm very pushy and aggressive, but also giving. So I was like, what was I doing in my past life? Like, (laughs) why am I very adamant or very, you know, sure of this one thing in my life? And I was able to uncover all of that and also just like heal myself in the process because sometimes we, um, I would say sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves and a lot of that comes to not knowing why we act in a certain way or why we are a certain way. Um, so I think uncovering all of that allowed me to also have compassion for myself, but also have compassion for other people who aren't necessarily on this journey and know that it's it's a reflection of who or the view that they have of life now or the view that they have of their life at this moment. So it, it allows you to come into spaces and hold so much space for people because you take them as they are. It, I think it, it allows you to interact with people. Uh, better how do you, you just keep on that like <laughs> how do you keep calm when you're dealing with somebody who just doesn't like gel who like literally can't comprehend what you're saying right now like there's going to be people that are like this is absolute woo woo kind of thing. <laughs> and I feel like I have people in my life who just don't get it and I'm I find it quite hard to be level-headed about it because I'm like dude this stuff changed my life let me help you change yours and they're just like nah how do you cope with in that kind of situation I can tell you now um, my immediate family thinks I'm so crazy think they think I'm so crazy the one day I came from hypnotherapy and I was just like listen I think I'm from Egypt and you know all these things and because I was telling them what I saw and they were they thought it was a joke right and it's it's okay like I I think also it boils down to to knowing that not a lot of people are here to to have capacity to understand themselves or go through that journey as an individual. They're only here to live and fulfill a certain level of their life. So you cannot necessarily demand that they tap into something that they don't have capacity to do. So I think also you cannot be very aggressive about your development. I think as you progress as an individual, as you progress as a spiritual person, as you become more awakened to life from a different lens, you can't expect other people to put on those same glasses and view their life from it. So I think it, as much as it, it's sad and as much as you want people to be open to your, your growth and to be in awe of the person that you are, you cannot ask them to, to see it in your view or you cannot ask them to feel the way that you have opened up or you have made room to feel in this lifetime, right? So you have to also accept that, okay, cool, they react in a certain way or they responded in a certain way because that's what they're capable or that's what they have made room for in their life right 
had someone say to me because this is something that I've been struggling with obviously I'm still really on this journey but I want to take mm. special people with me and they like on very opposed to the idea and somebody said to me when you are so focused on your own health and wellness you don't even need to look elsewhere like kind of stay in your own lane you just are so focused and honed in on yourself that it becomes a point where you're so unaffected by other people's opinions and thoughts because you're so aligned with who you are I think you having that responsibility because I I don't want you to also take it lightly um that you are this person and you have become this person for yourself I think it's it's a gift and it's a blessing and I think part of your journey would also be taking a few steps back to meet other people who don't necessarily have that goal or aren't necessarily here to tap into life from that from that level, the main part of you evolving and, you know, becoming this more aware and conscious person is you having the space to meet others that aren't necessarily called to be on that journey. That just allows you to be able to interact with people um, and also just have capacity or have, or you know, or make room to still meet them where they are. Because you think it's automatic that you think now that you are this new person, life is all gloomy (laughs) and you're doing all these amazing things for yourself. You get a a huge reality check that um, you have to learn how to um, exist in, in other environments that don't necessarily feed into your way of viewing things. So I think, yeah. In terms of, obviously we've touched on you having quite a holistic lifestyle. Can you give us some tips? If I was somebody who was looking to take the first steps into this kind of lifestyle or little swaps and changes I could start today, what are some things that you would suggest? Where should I start? I think um, especially with the alternative route (laughs) that I take, I'm not necessarily uh, the first person to suggest it to people. Um, Usually when it comes to wellness or holistic wellness, um, holistic wellness is basically just looking at your your life and all your different ways of living, whether that be emotionally, um, intellectually, mentally, and professionally. How can you make that well? So look at where you are and figure out ways in which you can yeah, make those areas well, starting in a small area. Obviously, the one area that you feel like you need to prioritize first and finding ways bit by bit in which you can make it well. So let's look at your physical aspects. I know that's a lot of people's main focus. And what does that mean is being in shape, looking good, um, or being able to move your body in a certain way. So, and that's usually what people ask me about. And I always say is that it, it's really pointless for me to give you tips unless you really know why you're doing this. So I always say, fair, I can tell you that, okay, you can change your diet in this way or go and exercise and do all these things, but I won't be there to always remind you why you need to get up and do it or why when you decide to choose, you know, um, a nutritional bowl or something that is filled with vegetables, as opposed to having pizza with your family, I won't be there to tell you why you're doing that. So you need to know why you're doing it, right? Prioritize. If that's an area of your life that you want to prioritize, why do you want to do it? So write that down 
and be honest with yourself because that's the only reason why you're going to continue to prioritize it every single day. And then if they have a good idea of why they want to do it, then I'm like, okay, cool. Then we can start with your nutrition because you need to eat well for yourself. You need to have more energy. You need to have a good nutritional idea of you know ways in which you can continue prioritizing your goal to get well. Then I would start there because nutrition was also one of the things that I had to learn how to prioritize because then I went through a gut healing journey and my whole life <laughs> changed. Um, it, it changed because I realized how important healing my gut was and how that was literally the driver of all things wellness um so yeah so that then naturally then i'll you know help people find a good base on how they want to eat well for themselves and that also comes with being patient and learning what makes you feel good you know the a lot of people that i do help is just like helping them or guiding them on what they need to eat in order for them to feel good and that's going to be different from me that's going to be different from you so yeah so that's how i would help people integrate it but i think the the main base or the priority or the main driver to everything is knowing why you're doing it that's what helps me as well every single day is knowing why i'm doing it knowing that i can't eat certain foods not because you know, I'm depriving myself, but because I know I'm not going to feel good. So it's, it's essentially shifting your mindset to know I'm not depriving myself of this food. It's there and I have the luxury of choosing it, but essentially to the core, I know I'm not going to feel good. So I'm going to make the decision of choosing something else. So, Out yeah. of interest, what kind of dietary restrictions do you have? Like what things is just like a no-go for you? <laughs> I'm not big on takeouts. <laughs> I'm not big on takeouts. But you're cooking but a lot for yourself at home then. I suck at cooking. I don't like cooking. I don't like cooking. Um, I always say that and pray to God that I'll find someone that can cook. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't know. I, I, Please, Jesus, send me a chef. Please. <laughs> yeah. Or I was like, I'll make enough money to have that luxury or to have that choice, you know. Yes. Um, like I'll steam it, put it in the oven. That's how I cook for myself. Um, but I'm learning how to be able to cook for myself. Because I think also I'm shifting to a stage in my life where I'm very much in or very much conscious of the earth and you know how we can get the most nutrition from you know things that are grown and things that we know how to prepare as opposed to me buying it already packaged the more that i'm getting into that the more that i am you know making it a habit of making meals for myself but it's hard <laughs> it's hard but i mean because i'm pescatarian also so mostly vegetarian i usually enjoy the seafood part when i'm going out with friends but yeah, I, I'm still very much of a chocolate person. Um, oh, so. girl, I could live off like junk food and sweets <laughs> for my life. It really has to be like a conscious decision for me to be like, I'm not going to order pizza and a tub of ice cream. I am going to eat a salad and enjoy it. I really have to like put my mind to it. And I'm always thankful for that moment afterwards that that was the decision I made because you're so right. Once you do eat that food that isn't nutritionally dense and isn't good for your body, you feel so good when you're eating it. But like within the hour afterwards, you're so dissatisfied still. 
and you feel so uncomfortable. There's often some kind of belly aching happening. And that's our body telling us our food, like we're not supposed to be processing this food. Yet I will still go and do it again the following week. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't understand myself, honestly. On an everyday basis, you would hardly find me snacking. I even stopped having like lentil chips because it was just my body just wasn't processing it properly. And I was just, I was over feeling shitty. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> but I was just, I was over it. I'm like, it's not worth it. Yes. It's, I want to be with other people and be involved, but it's not worth it. Sitting with that stomach ache later on in the evening, it's not worth it. So, I mean, I was vegetarian for two years and I wonder if you can relate. I I'm so sad that I started eating meat again and I've actually been playing with the idea and now you've totally motivated me to go back. But during those two years, I also felt like because I was so vegetable-based, obviously, there was like less brain fog as well and I felt like my moods were a lot more stable. Do you Mm. find that? Like if if you're really focused on the vegetables that you, you mentally are operating at a better level? Yes, I do. I know when I, I'm not having enough nutrients in my body, my body just automatically reacts in a certain way or like tells me that I need more. Um, but I, you are in a better space. It's, it's a no-brainer. Vegetables, knowing that it's such a clean source of just fueling your body, that's a no-brainer. It, it hasn't gone through all the other processes to make it taste good. Um, so it's, it's going to make you feel good. It's going to help you generate all the other things in your body in a much clearer and smoother way. And everything else is a manifestation of your gut. <laughs> so if you're taking care of that, your skin will be clear. Your mind will be able to function, function at an optimal level. Um, you'll have the right level of inflammation in your body. You won't be overly inflamed and everything is just it's going to be at its prime level um so it it isn't a no-brainer but I always say to people like because naturally the first thing people say when they're like I'm stopping meat I'm going to be vegetarian I'm like why are you doing that I always ask them why are you doing it um because you if you know the source of your meat uh you can enjoy protein other people generally thrive off of high protein diets right and it's not to say that it's not good for you but I think a lot of things is just knowing where it comes from because then you know what the process of how that meat was you know um done or made for it to arrive on your plate the Mm. process itself you are aware of that whole process and you know what's going into your body um so I'm I'm never the first person to say to people you should stop eating meat because I'm like then I'll ask you why why are you doing it um I personally stopped because I just don't enjoy it. This is one of those things. That's a good enough reason. It's not like you need to have anything more than Yeah, I just... It didn't add value to my life. So you just need to find a way that you can tell in your body that you feel like you are are functioning at an optimal level and you can feel it within yourself. Mm -hmm. There'll be no aches and pains and there won't be sore bellies after you eat. And you have to kind of stick with it for a while. I found like I only started to feel different like three months into it I don't feel like you can expect to change something and three days later you're like okay this isn't working for me you need to (laughs) like a good chunk of time to start feeling the difference in your body 
but yeah like you say everybody's bodies needs different things and will function better with different things you just need to figure out what that is for your body but I think we can all agree that processed food is not the one like that's not gonna be anybody's optimal processing you know it's not key and I think we've become so accustomed to having flavored food whereas just naturally you I enjoy literally salt and pepper on my food and that's that's it I don't need anything else the last thing I did want to touch on with you is you are the founder and the host of the fifth scene what is the fifth scene so the fifth scene wellness club it's basically a platform that I created to introduce people to holistic wellness and you know introducing them to my experiences and also having the opportunity to speak to people that embrace a holistic wellness you know view to life right also just to create space for people to come figure out how it means to be well for themselves I think there's different ways in which one can describe being well and I think I just wanted to be that avenue, create that avenue for people to have the courage to to figure out alternative ways. Uh, I think we sometimes can be boxed in to what we know about it and what we don't know about it that we don't necessarily give us uh, or give ourselves the the time to to learn outside of what we we know or outside of what we don't know. So yeah, essentially it's just about holistic wellness and all the other interrelated states of wellness. So I've done two episodes I wish I had published a little bit more by now but my job did take priority the first one was on gut healing and skin health then the other one was on the healing journey so those were the one of the two main NBs that I found were very pivotal in my journey so I wanted to introduce people to you know to those spaces I am just you know doing what I can do best to get that information out there or get it known to people or help people on that journey or be that added insight that you might need to to pivot or maybe have that aha moment this makes sense or this is why I was feeling like this or or maybe confirmation that I, I'm on the right path and just because it doesn't look like you know Sarah's or just because it doesn't look like Babs's it doesn't mean that it's not the right path for me so I think that was mainly what predicated and what drove me to obviously start it obviously hosting a 15 and then you call yourself a quote-unquote influencer in my eyes there does not need to be a quote unquote you are fully like in the spotlight for me I definitely I'm actually I love it I think there are negative connotations to it but knowing you as a person and even I think across your platform like you give off a very holistic positive you're not here to like sell people stuff you're not selling a dream you are genuinely coming from a place of like love of let's do this together creating a community of wellness and I think you're very clear on that so I know influencer isn't like a great term for that but what you're doing doesn't really have its own like occupation essentially in I, the realm I, that you're in you're in the front of the camera and to, I'm very much a behind the camera kind of person hence a podcast where you don't see my face so for me yeah. I just want to understand like it is a big thing for a lot of people to be the face and to be in front of the camera so share with us how you find that confidence 
confidence in yourself? It's knowing that I am on path that gives me the courage to be able to stand in front of the camera because then I know that I am very um, much aligned to the end goal or the destination. Not knowing what the destination is, but I feel like I should be there. And that gives me courage to to be me and to stand in front of the camera. And also it's, it's expressing something that I'm very passionate about and also something that I have gone through. And I always say that I, I'd rather go through the hard part so people don't have to do it. Like I'll, I'll be that person. So essentially it comes from a place where I want to be able to teach. And I'm very passionate about seeing people truly hone into being themselves. It's amazing to see people so affirming of who they are and seeing people in this case, interviewing people that are very much into whatever they are, are doing whether that be a product based or a service based type of thing, but it's very much something that they are passionate about and something that they feel purpose to do. So I think when you get into that space and you are in front of people who are very much into themselves, it makes it easy for you to just interact and find comfort in knowing that you're in the right space for you to also just be yourself. So I never really focus on the fact that there's a camera, but I mean... I think I'm very comfortable because of that. That the being, confidence actually comes naturally because yeah, you're it, living it, authentically who you are, that the confidence yeah. comes anyway. It's like a byproduct. It's something that you don't think about. It's, it's you saying that, okay, I'm doing this. This is why I'm doing this. And this is who I am. There's no fault in it. As I said, people might not be able to receive it, but you know that this, there's no pretense to you standing there or you saying that I'm in the driver's seat of my life. So why be afraid? I think the only obstacle that I had to get over was uh, allow myself not to be afraid to be me. So true. Like this fear of like, what, what is the fear actually? Because I, I love when people are like, I'm scared of what other people think of me if I'm going to be myself. And I'm like, that is a lie. You are putting that barrier there for yourself because you're afraid to be a hundred percent you to really fully accept yourself as the person you're meant to be. Like you're f- afraid of being granted everything you're dreaming of and to accept all the goodness in your life so you come up with all these little excuses as to why you are undeserving or unworthy or shouldn't have these things but actually you're telling yourself like oh I'm worried what this person thinks or I don't have the money or I don't have the time but if you actually sat there with those emotions you'd realize it's because you feel unworthy or undeserving and you don't yeah. feel that way at all yeah and and I mean I'm not going to say that I'm over it it's something that every single day I have to be okay with because I mean I'm a lot <laughs> and I think sometimes I surprise myself and it's it's not being afraid to be a lot because you're not here to be little I think that's I think that's where the confidence comes from and then naturally you you get then you're like why the fuck was I afraid <laughs> I was this great the whole time I was like what was I 
doing? I mean, why was I holding back? Because depriving the world of my awesomeness. I think if you are happy, comfortable, and sure, and full of yourself, and you are walking in the direction that makes you happy and full and excited, then that's all that matters. They just get to see the, that glow, and then they feed off of that. People just feed off of your aura and your your radiance. They're not there to approve or disapprove of it. And you shouldn't then allow um, that to be an indication of knowing whether you're doing the right thing. You're the only person that knows. Well, that's, I really enjoyed our conversation. I've definitely been left with a lot to reflect on. <laughs> really insightful. And I'm sure our listeners will do. But tell us, where can we find you on social media? The first scene is going to take off, I have no doubt. And I'm sure everybody wants to stay updated. We want to know about you. And I know you have more to share. So let us know, where can we find you? How can we get in touch? I think I'm on Instagram the most. My personal account, which is Laken Mabona. That's L-A-I-K-Y-N. And then my surname, M-A-B-O-N-A. And then obviously my, you know, the wellness club, which would be Fifth Scene Wellness Club. So it's it's there in my bio. So <laughs> I'll have it below as well, for sure. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for inviting I know I wasn't lying when I said she is superhuman. I hope that you're feeling as empowered as I felt after that conversation with Babs. She's amazing. You don't want to miss out on any of the things that she's sharing. So I've tagged all of her social media below. Don't forget to go follow, like, subscribe, all those great things. And don't forget to subscribe on whatever your listening platform is so that you don't miss my next interview with my next guest. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Driver's Seat. I know when choosing a podcast, you have numerous options, so I'm grateful that you chose to spend your time with me. If you found this episode insightful, please do share it with a friend. This is an independent podcast run by this mama and this mama alone. So your support really does mean the world to me. I'd also love to hear your thoughts on my podcast. So please leave a review on your chosen platform. I'm always open to your feedback. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram. My tag is the driver's seat podcast, or you can email me using the driver's seat podcast at gmail.com. I've linked those details for you below. I'm sending you so much love and light until next time. Enjoy the drive. Enjoy the drive.